Welcome back, folks. Today, zooming in from beautiful Washington State, we've got Jonna Hudson, who is a real estate entrepreneur. She brings a vast amount of experience from corporate life over into her transition into real estate investing. And that's what she's been doing for the last number of years. And she's done a variety of different things. And these days, she's getting into the multifamily space and starting to work at raising capital and being part of syndication. So, Jonna, nice to meet you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. It's great to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, your background and what got you into the world of real estate. All right. So I spent about uh, almost 26 years working corporate life. I worked for General Motors in various aspects, um, did a lot of financial analysis and had taken a uh, severance package right before COVID hit, found myself sitting at home a little bit bored. <laughs> yeah, when, when COVID hit, a lot of us found ourselves sitting at home a little bit bored, that's for sure, and scared spitless, but yeah, that's a while ago. Exactly. Uh, but what I found was in my corporate, you know, it, it's really common in corporate life to save in a 401k, yeah. and being in financial analysis, I one of the thing, things I did when I left corporate life was to analyze my retirement, and what I learned was... Um, I didn't have a wealth problem. I had a tax problem, mm. right? So I set about trying to figure out how to solve this tax problem. Uh, so in a, in a quick synopsis, if I'm understanding you correctly, it means you, you had a big chunk of cash in the account, but when you crunch the numbers, as you're taking it out, a huge chunk of that's going right back to the government in the form of taxes. Am I understanding that correctly? That's correct, Dave. The, yeah. if, if it's in a pre-tax um, vehicle, uh, in order to use it, you actually have to pay the taxes. And the, the, the theory being that you're going to be taking a lot less out as you're retired than you were bringing in as a, a working person. But that kind of puts a crimp on your lifestyle, doesn't it? Yes. And we, we're, we're playing against the clock. So the, the shorter period of time you take it out right? The bigger piece you have to take in any given year. And that's what guides your tax bracket is how much, mm -hmm. and the government has a minimum, right? They're called required minimum distributions. And when you take, um, and this is, I was a worker. I, I wasn't an executive. I didn't make a vast amount of money, but yeah. when you take social security, any type of an annuity or pension and the RMDs, you're in a much higher tax bracket than you realize. And most people stop tracking their investments. They're, they're tracking the accumulation, not the spend down. And mm -hmm. so there's, um, and of course, as an analyst, and I have a spreadsheet for almost everything, I <laughs> I, I went ahead and <laughs> I went ahead and did this spreadsheet out to death. You're one, right? you're one of those lovely spreadsheet nerds, aren't you? I love, love spreadsheets. Yeah. I love spreadsheets. I love a good spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> and first of all, I it it just didn't work. And I I don't think people know the tax rate's going to change. They're mm -hmm. going to change the period of time. They're going to shorten the period of time where you these RMDs, which is going to raise how much you have to take out in any one year. So the tax man is coming. And I just decided to try to get ahead of it. And to be honest, real estate solved some of my problems. And so I, in a, without getting into too much detail, how? How does real estate solve some of those problems? So um, by investing in uh, syndications, 
So basically you turn your investments into self-directed investments and start putting those in syndications. And how does that lower your tax bracket or well and and i chose not to i have not self-directed yet okay. i haven't decided which portion i'm self-directing i do plan on doing some self-directing but i literally took had some cash uh so i when i quit working we dropped my income into a lower tax bracket which allows me to take some funds out and by mm -hmm. investing into uh, apartment kit syndications, the depreciation expense gives me uh -huh. um, some shelter. And so the distributions are virtually, they say tax advantage, but for me, those are tax-free. Uh, while my money's still growing in the syndication, right? And as, right. as you but, know- But as far as taxes go, it almost looks like you're going negative because of depreciation. And that lowers your tax bracket even more. Is that what I'm understanding? It it does. And it also lowers future, right? Because I am going negative with the depreciation, especially in this environment where the, where the government has sort of boosted that uh, bonus depreciation. Um, and so I have shelter not only for today, but for for the future. Okay, very smart. So, so it's not that you're investing the funds that are in... Um, your 401k or, or whatever, wherever they are, it's the money that you're taking out at a tor lower tax bracket. You're investing that or part of that. And through the depreciation that helps you lower your, how much you get whacked on future distributions. If I'm understanding correctly. That right? that's, uh, correct. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And the other piece is the, the money that that's not paid out in distributions right, is um, it can be protected and I can time it by using 1031 exchanges. Right. right? So right. I can roll, roll from property to property and decide if I want it or if I want to leave this to my children. Okay. So As a more options there. Yeah. The other issue, I think this is a really big issue that many, I think many people in the real estate world know this, but people in the, in the corporate world and in, and in the general population don't know this, that the the rules for leaving something like a 401k to our children they used to get to take it out over their entire life and now they have to take it out of over 10 years oh wow which yeah, is going to their require minimum and most people the data shows most people inherit this money in their peak year earning years yeah and then they're going to have to take these RMDs in 10 years. It's 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 amazing how smart the tax man can be. Huh? <laughs> he really is. And so I love a good puzzle. I love a good spreadsheet. So I set about trying to solve this problem for myself. Yeah. And, and I'm almost evangelistic about trying to spread the news and telling people that these other investments, they're not, I don't find them more risky than the stock market they perform consistently. I find diversifying some of my assets into these other, let's call them alternative investments, whether it's a debt instrument through a Roth, which I like debt in Roth and real estate. Um, I, I, I just want to spread the word so that people start seeing these investments as a viable investment. Uh, and with syndication, it's, it's changed the the apartment world with the sec oversight and whatnot so i i think they're a good investment all right so to invest in a syndication 
do you need to be qualified as an accredited investor or can you get in without that kind of uh, net worth and income into these kind of deals? Just for yes. folks that that aren't super familiar with them. That's right. And the answer is always, it depends, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, yes, there is an accredited um, process uh, that many of the straight syndications are for accredited investors, which um, is high net worth, high income. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've covered this a couple of times on your show. Once or um, twice, yeah. There are but, some- But not everybody's listened to those episodes. So it's always that's good right. to That's right, that's right, yeah. that's right. And- but there is, you know, for sophisticated investors, but what's coming on the scene here uh, is the reg A and the crowdfunding that I think is going to make real estate investing available to everybody. And, and I'm kind of excited about, about that new uh, investment form so people can invest what they can afford, what they, what they should, you know, be putting away. Uh, mm -hmm. These aren't, um, these aren't stocks. You can't change your mind next month and sell out of it right? Real estate syndications on average have a five-year cycle right now. I mean, that's what's most common, I think, that you see. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're not for everybody, but I, I do think that the crowdfunding, the Reg A's uh, are going to, Regulation A with, with the government is going to make this available to some people. It's not available. So, so crowdfunding, a lot of people have heard of. Maybe explain what's your understanding of Reg A. So, uh, and, and I'm, you know, I'm just getting to that part. I'm not, um, I'm not a longtime investor, mm -hmm. right? So this is, is fairly new for me. So crowdfunding um, is, uh, and you, there, there's people out there doing it where you can put small amounts into uh, a, a property. Reggae, I believe, is the, the fund uh, mm -hmm. establishing a fund. So a, a group can go establish a fund with the intention of buying multiple properties or a property, raise the money first and then spend the investor's money where uh, crowdfunding allows you to pool from many small, small investors. investors. Yeah. Okay, Did I get that? Cool. Did I get that right, Dave? Sounds right to me. Yep. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a good explanation there, Jonna. So uh, tell us a little bit about your personal real estate investing experience. Sounds like you've, you've been involved in some, syndications. Have you done any active deals yourself? Have you been involved in that side of uh, things? Uh, a puku, as they say, a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so I started in the single family, wholesale the house, hated it as a single female. Um, I <laughs> well, love the why, idea. Why, why did you hate it? Well, because... you're, you're, I didn't mind the calling so much, which I think a lot of people help, but uh, you're going into um, sometimes some neighborhoods that aren't mm -hmm. the best neighborhoods. Um, as a single female, uh, yeah. I just didn't feel, uh, I didn't, safe. I didn't as safe as I wanted to feel. So it wasn't for yeah. me, but I also, as an analyst had done the numbers on single family flipping, I had models made and I just couldn't figure out how to consistently make money there. And, and I literally tripped over multifamily, um, and really liked, uh, things that I understand economies of scale, you know, mm -hmm. buying tile for a hundred apartments, your waste is down to almost nothing. Um, 10, you know, 20 stainless steel refrigerators, you're buying at wholesale, not, right. not at retail. Um, so I, I set out to do some education. Oh, and the people that do the education are just going to hate me for this comment. I hate group education, group uh, mentoring. <laughs> um, it's okay. 
<laughs> no, be, and here's the reason why. I I do the the homework and then I get on and I've I've dedicated an hour of my life and I'm on answering questions that were in the education. The I don't want to. Yeah, nobody else did their homework. Right? I don't want to be in with anybody that didn't do their homework, right? Yeah, I want and hardly own. anybody did. You're the you're the one of no. the very few that actually did. I'm sure. And they're asking questions that I already know the answer to only because I either read the book or 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 did did what the did, did what you're did supposed to do. And, and then yeah. they can't figure out why it didn't work, right? Why this yeah. this didn't work. So I took the training, but as an analyst. I took the training, I have a really strong financial background. I took this training and I was, it, or I was at this, the pitch for this training for a large organization that does a lot of training. And I said, I don't want the training. I don't want, I want, I want in a deal. Mm -hmm. And so I went to them and said, can I just invest in a deal? And they're like, sure. Right. And so I, I did, I, I am a limited partner in a fund that 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 team had. It's cash flowing. The quarterly distributions are coming to my bank. I love quarterly distributions. I love them. Um, these passive income streams. I've, I'm just a, I'm a huge fan. Nice. Uh, and so I, we formed a team. I think a lot of people go through this. We formed a team. They said, oh, you know, form a team. I picked people that had skills. But they also had full-time jobs and we were five people that had never done it before yeah. right and so it's a little bit of the blind leading the blind mm -hmm. and and so we have you know and we needed somebody to raise capital it was a weak spot on our team and i said listen all of this is dependent on capital let's figure out how to i'll go figure out how to raise capital since i'm the only person working full-time on this i'll go figure out how to raise capital and then if so the team is all sort of disbanded. I think you get a lot of that. People form teams and then find out it's not what they said it was going to be. and Or find out that they're not cut out for it. That it's actual work. It yeah, is. Yeah, or you, or you find out that you're the only one carrying the load for everybody else and say, screw this. Uh, I'm sure that happens quite a bit. Yeah, and, and I think that it all sounds good, but it is, you know, if you want a piece of property, a relatively small multifamily, you probably can do it alone, but this is a team sport. And mm -hmm. if you're serious about it, it is, it's, it's a, it's a full-time job, right? It's, you've got a team depending on you. It's a small corporation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and with that, I tell a lot of people kind of want to get into this. And I talk to a lot of people, every successful team is expanding all the time and it's going to need resources. And so start networking, get in there, uh, and so, I just, so you decided to focus on the, the raising capital side of things. Mm -hmm. What did that look like and, and how has it worked out for you? So I've, um, so I found a team, uh, I found a team that was buying a property in Wichita, Kansas. And so I'm both active and passive on a property in Wichita, Kansas, great little city that's being overlooked by many. Mm -hmm. uh, it was their second property there. Um, we're way ahead on our rent. Um, you know, the, the forecast for the rent, they've, they've been able to blow past that and doing yeah. well. Uh, and then uh, I just really was looking for um, pipeline, right? I, I, I didn't have a team that's doing acquisitions. I didn't. And of course, as you know, and maybe people don't know, you can't just go raise money. You have to do other things besides raise money. Yeah. And, so and, explain that to folks who don't know, because I, I know there are a lot of people out there that love the idea of just being capital raisers, 
for these syndications. They think that's all they have to do is, you know, kind of do the network marketing thing, get, get a bunch of people on, on a webinar, get a bunch of them sold into the deal and, and get a nice little piece of the, of the ply. Um, that's not quite how it works. So maybe, maybe explain your understanding of how it should work properly. Okay. So, um, so when you're selling equities, right. And that's exactly what, when you're, you're, capital, you're selling equity in a commercial property that's mm -hmm. uh, regulated by the SEC. And so syndications are, um, capital raising under syndications are done under regulation D. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and those requirements require that you do more than, you can't just be paid to raise capital, that you have to have an active um, continuing function with the team, right? Okay. So you become so, part. So, so what is your continuing function with the team in these syndications that you're involved in now? So, so it depends, right? The, it depends on what the team has in place and, and what they need. Um, mm -hmm. And so we, um, I do most of the investor relations things. Okay. I do analysis, uh, again, numbers. I was, my first choice was underwriting. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Spreadsheet, I like underwriting a lot. Yeah, sure. um, and uh, but at the end of the day, you can underwrite all day long. If you can't raise the capital, you still can't buy an apartment. Right. And so, so okay. So you can't just raise the capital. You have to do that plus something else. But what has, what's has what been your journey with the capital raising side of things? What have you discovered so, and learned through that process? So the other the other way you can raise capital is through a broker-dealer relationship. So I, I raise capital for one organization under a broker-dealer uh, arrangement for a broker. And what, and what does that mean? Um, so there, our broker holds a, a broker's license to sell securities mm -hmm. and, and then we can sell under that guidance. Okay. Um, again, there's regulations that oversee that, which make these fairly safe, much safer investments than people think. And then the other way we do it is we co-GP. We, we raise funds for GP and we do... We have people that have some property management experience that can jump in if the team needs property management experience. We do um, some marketing. Uh, we market the apartment if they need that. Uh, we, you know, we track them towards, um, we sort of represent the investors. And so we track their performance to their pro formas and, um, and hold educational meetings and and whatever the we've got one person who can do market research if that's what the team is is short we pre we uh what um we help them with their pitch mm -hmm. uh right so we have investors that come in and and analyze the pitch and uh and tell them where they might improve their pitch before they go this live. is all we, part of your gp team is that what i'm understanding yeah yeah yep. okay so, and then when it comes to the actual getting people to cut a check and, and invest in the deals. What's been your journey there? What have, what have you discovered? What have you learned so far? So I, I discovered that for, uh, so I'm reaching back into my automotive corporate mm -hmm. because I'm passionate about teaching them the value of diversifying out of the stock market, at least some of their portfolio yeah. and they're uneducated. Mm -hmm. right they don't understand how these work uh and so it's a process it's a it's kind of a longer process than i would have liked yeah uh and so it usually is <laughs> it, it is it, getting it, started yeah it, it and, and and 
I know these people, so I, I don't want to be the next door salesperson, but I am probably too excited about the, the investment because I know what it can do for, you know, for their lifestyle, for their portfolio, the peace of mind, uh, the, the, the generational wealth. I know what problems it can solve. And so I have to be careful not to sound like the, 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 the Amway Gallup. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so there's a learning process and a lot of people want to go in for the men's, right? They want to see how it works. And as you know, with a five-year cycle, it can take, uh, usually it takes, you know, a good year of the distributions where they go, oh yeah, this is really doing what they said it was going to do. Yeah. Um, and so it's a slow process on that end. Uh, if we run uh, ads and look for people who are actually investing those go much quicker. They, they know the asset class and, but, but if they're being serviced, well, they're not up for grabs necessarily. Right. If the, yeah. if the teams take care of their investors, there's no reason why they wouldn't just roll their money back into the same, the same team. And there's a, yeah. there's lots of teams out there doing good work. So, okay. So you've been focusing on reaching back into your corporate life and, and those connections. How's that been going so far? It's it's a slower process than than you thought it was going to be. Um, if if you don't mind sharing, how do, how have your first couple of raises gone? Uh, they, they've gone slow. They yeah. they they've gone slow. The first one um, was disappointing. Yeah. Uh, we didn't uh, raise what we wanted to raise uh, uh, for so the there, team. There were more. It was more than just you raising capital for it, that. It yeah. was. It was. Yeah. There were two. Um, it was two teams that had some resources, um, mm -hmm. two uh, key principal people that signed the notes, and um, and they allowed us to raise on their deal, knowing uh, knowing our experience. Yeah, it was my yeah. it, it was my daughter and I, nice. um, who's yeah. my investing partner. Uh, well, that's and, a good team. Yeah, it is, and uh, and, and so we, you know, we we got a, what I call a good dose of reality. Mm -hmm. um, that you just have to ask way more people than you, you think, and you don't know who's got money, who doesn't have money, who will invest, yeah. who won't. Um, I was really surprised at how risk averse some of my friends that I know have the resources and yeah. that's probably why they still have the resources. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, and so it's, it's, uh, it, 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 it's slow. And, and for that reason, I've joined up with some people right? We're, 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 we're doing just a half a million dollar raise with four people. I think that's mm -hmm. very achievable for us. And oh, good. Are uh, you open to some suggestions around that? Absolutely. So walk me through how you did the first raise or two, like what, what did you do to, to reach out to people and get the conversation going and present the deal? Uh, so uh, on, we had two different problems, right? Because we're working on two generations. So okay, well, let's the, just focus on you, not on your. Yeah. On, on, just... So on, on my issue is, is massive education because the money's sitting behind a tax wall, right? Self-directing so IRAs. How many people did you have on your prospective investor list to reach out to approximately? Um, well, Dave, that was the, that was the issue, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't actually build that up. And I found that my, I had let my network go in LinkedIn. I had, um, not kept in touch with 
when you're working in a corporation, they have this these org charts that you can find anybody in seconds, mm -hmm. but it's an internal system. And right. when you decide to walk out the door, the last thing you're thinking about is I need everyone's phone number <laughs> and email. Yeah, you're you're off to retirement freedom. Yeah. So I with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I went through um, a period of uh, I also had three LinkedIn. I found out, and I had. 45 in the one I was in, I found out I had 200 and some in my corporate one, I merged them all together. I'm now well past, you know, about I'm at about 1500 people in LinkedIn. Yeah. And now I'm having the conversations with them. But you also can't just go, Hi, Dave, I haven't talked to you in four years. Do you want to invest in an apartment? Exactly. You know, because it might not be right for them. And uh, well, plus, plus, it comes across as the, the Amway style of, of it, it it does no offense to anybody in Amway, but you know what I mean? The the network yeah. marketing type. And, and I'm not in it for that reason. So I've totally enjoyed reconnecting with people that I worked with in the auto industry, uh sharing what I learned, having conversations, uh, but it's too slow. That side yeah. is too slow. So we're doing a lead magnet. I'm you you may I think you know what a lead magnet is. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're um, we're working on the side uh, of the co-GP team is the lead magnet going out. Uh, we have a big community uh, uh, that is um, a couple thousand people mm -hmm. that are active, both either as GPs or limited partners, and and so that's what we're doing now. More of people that already know what these investments are and yeah, then, that's... and then adds to, to grow our organization. So do you still think there's opportunity in those past connections from, from your work life? Yeah. yeah. So here's, here, here are a couple of tips for you, Jonah. One is to really kind of laser focus in on a couple of hundred of those people that you have a legitimate pre-existing relationship with. Like they, they see your name, your face is going to pop into their mind. If you bumped into each other on the street, you'd know each other. Like there's, there's a pre-existing relationship there. So step number one in, in our whole process is create a target group of these prospective investors with names and email addresses so that you can, uh, communicate more efficiently with them. So right now you've been doing a good job, picking up the phone, calling people, all that kind of stuff. Um, so keep doing what you're doing with the, the bigger group for sure. But for your target group, education is going to be a big part of it, right? And it's just too much of a pain in the ass to do that onesie onesie on the phone. It's, it's very difficult. So what I would recommend is you create this list of a couple of hundred people and then you get them into some sort of a CRM or email autoresponder system, which just sounds like you're familiar with that. And the, the first step we do is what, what's called a uh, <laughs> connection resurrection. So you mentioned that problem, right? You haven't seen somebody for four years. If you just whack them with a deal, it, it doesn't sound good. So the, the connection resurrection is pretty straightforward. It's three simple emails. The first one's just a regular written email, but it's kind of like those old-fashioned Christmas letters from your Aunt Edna, 
I don't know if you had an aunt Edna or an aunt back in the day that used to handwrite Christmas letters and send them out to the family. It's that version, but it's a it's modernized and made more efficient. So you 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 write a nice catch up email, what you've been up to in the personal life, you know, your daughter, whoever else is part of your family, just a little little background about what you and the family are up to. Little uh, background about your retirement. So some people may or may not know that you retired and and that sort of thing. Uh, what you're into for fun and, and hobbies and pastimes. Not really, not pitching real estate at all. So this is just a very personal kind of a thing. You're not getting on a soapbox yet or or educating or anything like that. It's just what are you up to, right? Good stuff that's going on in your life, the not so good stuff. Really, really good kind of that sort of thing. And then at the end, you say, hey, enough about me. How about you? How are you doing? Please hit reply to this email. I'd love to catch up. Okay. You send that out to all two or 300 people. And then your job is to just have a genuine reconnection with those folks when when they rep- when they respond. And not everybody's going to respond. Most people want, won't. But within that list, you're probably going to get 20 or 30 responses, which okay. is pretty good. There's 20 or 30 connections. So that's the first message. Second message goes out a few days later. Do a video version, right? So jump on on your camera, film yourself. Hey, it's it's uh, Jonah. Chances are it's been a while since we connected. Just wanted to, you know, if you didn't see my last message, just let you know how I'm doing, what I've been up to, find out how you're doing as well. So you just kind of talk about all the same kind of stuff. You don't read it. You just kind of talk about it, right? And then again, respond to anybody who gets back to you right away, get those connections going. And then the third message is what I call the transition. And that's where you're going to change. You're going to let people know that you're going to be changing the conversation. So something like this, Hey, it's, it's Dave. It's been really good reconnecting with you over the last week or so. Just want to let you know, I plan on doing a much better job of staying in touch. And I want to start letting you know what I'm up to with real estate investing. So since I retired in 2019, I've been very, very active in real estate investing. I've gotten involved in multifamily projects and doing syndications. And what I've seen is this is just the best way for everyday folks, especially in the corporate world like yourself and myself, to not only get a really good return on our money today, but to really help minimize how much we're going to get whacked with taxes when we start withdrawing our retirement savings. So anyhow, if you're interested in that, you know, who knows, maybe sometime in the future, we can partner on the deal and get you some of those kind of good returns, tax sheltered returns, however you want to say that. But if you're really not interested in real estate, that's okay too. You can unsubscribe from my list at any time. You'll be taken off the list immediately. My feelings might be hurt for a little while, but eventually I'll get over it. Okay. In the meantime, if you haven't had a chance to get back to me, please hit reply to this email. And let's catch up. So ding, ding, ding. You got those three emails going out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. Yeah, let's keep it pretty tight out to those 300 people. And now you've kind of set the stage for the conversations. And then my recommendation recommendation is, I mean, I admire you for getting on the phone and being happy and, and able to do that and keep doing that. Most people don't enjoy cold calling stuff, but sounds like you're pretty good at it. So I would keep doing that. And in addition to that, I would add in marketing, right? So just a nice consistent drip of edutaining communication. 
edutaining. edutaining. A little bit educational. I like it. And a little bit entertaining, right? Because I'm suspecting, I could be wrong here, Jonah, that, um, that what you're doing right now is super educational. And perhaps a, I, think, I think you were a very good student in school, but it might be a little bit academic sounding. I could be wrong there. I don't know. I <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're spot on. You're okay, spot on. So and, I, and it's a big subject. I know. Right? So we got to break it into bite-sized pieces yeah, exactly. for people. That's the thing. We got to, even though your, your target audience is very educated, they're very astute, they're very professional, their brains are fried from working all day, right? They don't want to have to overthink what it is that, you know, that, that you're, you're throwing at them, right? They want to be able to pick it up easily. So go from those fastballs to, to slow pitch, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. No, this is great. Terms. This is great, Dave. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's the whole thing. So start a regular drip of edutaining communication. So for example, when we're doing this with clients, first week of the month, it's a elect, little electronic newsletter, right? And not very newsy. It's more what, you're up to what's going on in your personal life. What's, you know, you and the daughter, what, whatever you're doing in your life, some jokes, whatever your pastimes are, you know, outside of real estate, a little bit of that kind of stuff for people to really connect with you, you know, reconnect that, that no like and trust factor. So they, they really get to know you and like you and trust you a little bit about real estate investing without going overboard. And with everything that you do, a clear call to action. Hey, if you'd like to find out more, book a call, book a call, book a call. Everything is book a call. So instead of you always reaching out to people, how nice would it be if they started calling you, right? That's the goal of this kind of thing. So first week of the month, newsletter. Second week of the month, maybe a, a short edutaining blog post about real estate, about your particular, especially your area there, what, you, what you're up on the soapbox about. But keep it fairly fairly high level, right? Not too, not too deep. So, so Dave, can you give me an example of a, a nugget, like the size of a nugget to put in a edutaining uh, piece? Yeah, it would be, well, here's a really good rule, rule of thumb for you, Jonah. You want to keep this at a level that an average 13 year old can understand. Okay. Even though this is going to your corporate cohorts, I get it, but keep it readers digest simple. Reader's Digest, you remember that magazine was it was written for grown-ups, but it was written at a 13-year-old reading comprehension level. Same idea here. Not that they're dummies, we just want it easy to consume. Why do we spend all our time on YouTube and Facebook and it's all these mindless things, right? It's easy, right? So keep it, mm -hmm. keep it easy. So a nugget, what could a nugget be? Uh, well, there could be a whole bunch, right? So it could be about multifamily investing. What are the big benefits of investing in multifamily properties? Not necessarily syndications just multifamily in general, right? So big benefits of multifamily. Hey, we're doing these kind of deals on a regular basis. If you'd like to find out more, book a call, book a call, book a call, right? Because we're assuming people understand what a syndication is. Bad assumption, right? Even though they might be qualified as accredited investors, they might not have actually done this before. So if we're assuming they know what a syndication is, big mistake, right? But give them the big picture of what are the big benefits of investing in multifamily. And then, hey, I've got a way for you to do this hands-free if you'd like, you know, and then then you can have that conversation about syndications. Does that make sense? So it, it could it be- It does. It could be how the money's made in multifamily deals. 
I'm aware of at least eight different profit centers in a multifamily property that indirectly your, your investors are going to benefit from. So you could do one piece on one profit center, another piece on another one, and, and have that as a series. It could be, you know, explaining the ins and outs of syndication. So you're educating people about what a syndication is and kind of how it works very high level without going into the minutia, right? High level, big, broad strokes. At the end of the day, Jonna, you want people to, you don't, you don't want to teach them everything that you've learned over the years because they don't care. Quite frankly, they don't care they don't as much care? as you No, they, they don't. They don't, <laughs> they don't care. But they do care that you know your stuff, okay. right? They, they're looking for a shortcut. They want, we want them to think of you as their go-to real estate person. Real estate investing, Jonna, right? That's what, that's what we want them to associate things with, right? I'm talking about, again, your sphere, your people from, from before. That's, that's the target group we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It so does. Again, weekly communication, not just when you're trying to raise money for a deal, but all the time, constant, consistent, edutaining uh, communications dripping out once a week. All right. Is that helpful? Yeah, it is actually, Dave. It's really helpful. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that. My pleasure. That's what. That's why you paid me the big bucks. Oh, that's right. You, you're, you're not. You're. You're on the podcast. That's good. <laughs> no, we're we're here to provide value, Jonna, and I appreciate you sharing your journey. Of and I admire what you're doing. I admire your passion for this. I think. You're on to something because once you crack the code on educating all of the, the people that were in your sphere that are in that corporate situation and unaware of this thing that's going to be coming down the, the pipeline, once you figure out how to craft that message and get their attention, well, then guess what? Then you can start working on the other millions of people in corporate America that are in the same situation and unaware of that. And that's where, you know, writing a book comes in. That's where doing your own podcast can come in. That's where you come, you become the specialist in that niche and nobody can touch you. That's, that's, that's going to become your, your secret sauce. That's going to become your thing, right? Whether it's for syndications or whatever, but you're going to be showing people the, the path forward that you've discovered. I think you're on, I think you're on to something great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and I'm, pa I'm passionate about it. And I, I want to say a special thank you for, to you for letting me come on here. It's the first time I've been on a podcast, hey, but it, it, it helps me send my message yeah. with a little bit of guidance, kind of like bumper bowling, right? I've got the bumpers up. Dave's here helping uh, guide. Uh, but I do want to reach more people. Uh, it, it was, I don't think people realize how different it is from buying an apartment when we were, you know, when we were in our twenties and our thirties and, yeah. and that there's regulation around it. There's companies that take care of the property. There is, it's a, it's in my opinion, it's a good investment class. And uh, you're, um, you're, pre you're, you're preaching to the choir here. That's for sure. John, if people want to connect with you, what's the number one best place or best way they can do that? Uh, Dave, it's probably LinkedIn to link into me. Um, Jonna Hudson. I don't know if we can put the name. So up this there. this might be audio only. So you might want to spell out your name. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jonna J O N N A Hudson H U D S O N. 
I think you're probably the only one on LinkedIn with that lovely name. I, I love that name. That's unique. It's the first time I've seen it. Yeah, I didn't realize. Um, do you know who J.L. Hudson was? No. Hudson Department Store. It's yes. the guy that the car was named after when yeah. I married. Um, I became J.L. Hudson. So. <laughs> um. Awesome. All right, John. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a lot of fun. Keep and up the good you. work. And thank you, Dave. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, everybody. Take care. Talk to you on the next episode.